0: This is a Pivotal Conversations podcast. If you just get in at the right time in the right project because of the viral effect of those things, you have the ability to find unicorns always. And I think that will always be the case. It's like if you get a whole bunch of rocks and you throw them in the pond and you see the ripples going everywhere. That's what crypto does. It's just decentralized explosions of trust exchange. And if you can fight, if you can get close enough to the center of these ripples, you'll make shitloads of money. And I think that will always be the case. Riley, welcome to the podcast, brother. Thank you, Kyle. It's good to be here. I guess uh, everyone on YouTube or Spotify or wherever they are.
1: Yeah, we, we do we do a bit of everything. So YouTube... Where, as I was talking to you about last week, where we're we're in the, I think month three. So, but okay. before that, we're on Spotify, obviously all the the normal platforms. Okay, well, I'm excited to talk
0: crypto. Absolutely love it. Yeah, hundred percent. You've been um, you've been into it for for what? Well, I started 2017. 2017, and then that was when I think, well, I guess most people didn't start then because most people still aren't in crypto. But a lot of the people who are in now started in 2017 when they saw everyone getting rich. <laughs> so. That's what got my attention.
1: I remember. Um, oh, was it back then? Was it because you you did a bit of work with Marcus, didn't you? Wilkinson. Yeah, he was in early as he well. He was. Yeah. yeah. He's done very well. Yeah. He was. He was in nice and early. I remember him talking about it. And honestly, back then, I was still like, nah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I just didn't pay attention to it. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, yeah. But I think for me, it was June last year was when I started to to That's really good time as well. Yeah, started to really pay attention. Then I think I invested in September. Okay. So um, it's it's been a while, and and y- you would
0: know that once you're you, once you're in it, it absorbs you. Oh, it just sucks you in. It. It's a big black hole, big black hole. That's why we're building DeFi Wonderland is our platform, and it just <laughs> drives you down the rabbit hole. Becomes a vacuum. You never come out.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's
0: um, crazy. So uh, I mean,
1: for everyone, a little bit of background on yourself. So because. Um, your profession before this was was a little bit different to what it is now. And and I think that's a bit of what I want to talk about as well. Mm. Um, but a, a little bit of an insight into you, your journey, kind of you know how
0: we got to this point right now. Okay. So uh, right now, just for context, we're building two platforms. We've got DeFi Link, which is our company. It's like a corporate decentralized finance <laughs> platform or centralized decentralized finance platform. And then we're also building DeFi Wonderland, which is our... Completely decentralized DAO governed by our utility token, and that one's like an aggregator for all different blockchain platforms. Um, so we're going we're going very very deep with our developers. We've got doctors of blockchain all focusing on building out the most epic platforms. So that's where we are now. Before this, my original profession was actually um, hydraulic engineering. Well, I studied el- robotic and uh, uh, mechanical mechatronic engineering, and then. Fell into hydraulic engineering, hated it, it was terrible. It lasted about six months and then backpacked around Asia for three and a half months. Um, Came back an enlightened man and then started the sales and marketing company, uh, selling solar panels, lasted about nine months in that. Hated it as well. You're just door knocking on people and uh, trying to get them to come in. (laughs) And then more gym members, right? I decided to start doing marketing for gyms. Uh, That was mid-2018, early 2017 no late 2017 and then grew that team from obviously one to 32 now i think uh so that turnovers there's a few million dollars um we've managed two and a half thousand gyms we currently have 170 odd gyms under management still got 32 staff so that one occupied me all through covid and it was absolutely crazy i would never do it again but it was good fun (laughs) all the gyms failing right every gym's uh Basically going broke, even though they were broke before COVID, and then you should see them after COVID. So uh, then I was looking for the next opportunity, and I wanted to get out of gyms, to be honest, because they are brutal. Like there's just so much competition, it's a tough market, and the amount of. Um it's on the way. You I know mean, yeah, I mean,
1: like, look, gyms will always be around, but oh, yeah. the amount that will succeed is on the on the decline. Like, you know. It, If it was one in every
0: five before, it's probably one in every 15 now, in my (laughs) opinion. You know what I mean? So, I think the demand has shrunk. Yeah, And because there's so many new variants coming out of COVID, I'm not bullish on uh, um, brick and mortar businesses in any way, shape or form. So I was looking for the next big thing and I was like, okay, this is definitely crypto. I want to be in tech. I always wanted to be in tech. That's why I studied tech. Mm -hmm. I studied how to build tech. And I'd always wanted to build tech and sell it. I wanted to pimp out the tech that I built and made it like revolutionary and change lives and um, ultimately try to fix the planet because <coughs> it's fucked. <laughs> and, uh, and then started to dive into this. So then about Feb uh, 2021, I was looking for some kind of blockchain specialist to partner with. I didn't really know what I wanted to build, but I knew I wanted to build something. I uh, found Carl, who's my co-founder and CTO. He's done multiple different blockchain projects, working with the government of Dubai, building blockchain. He put the uh, um, their car registrations on the blockchain like a few years ago. He's built a few different platforms, partnered with him. Um, and then I retired as CEO from MGM. Now I've got Madeline, who's my CEO in charge. And I've just been full-time in crypto since then. Uh, it's been great because I haven't had to worry about Uh, really trying to get an income through anything because MGM still pays me a good wage even though I'm not working there so I feel like I've been in this very very lucky situation that I can just fuck around with crypto lose money make some money lose some more money just test a whole lot of shit because I don't I'm not desperate to get an income out of it even though it's going pretty good but it's just giving me so much freedom to just fuck around and figure out how to make as much money as possible in this space. There's a that's a, there's a good business lesson there, right? And and I think like
1: because I'm I'm literally doing the same thing, but now in media, you know what I mean? And 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 crypto, like we're trying to incorporate and and looking. That's one of the projects we're working on. But actually building the infrastructure in your business so that eventually you can allow it to run in the background, mm. um, so that you can go and chase other opportunities, the things that are really exciting you. That's really what business is all about. You know, that's if you're building a business, you should be trying to build it to that point where you do have that infrastructure where it can run without you. Um, and, and so you can go and do what excites you and, and have the flexibility to do so.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'd been building the business so that I could do that from day one because I've had a very good coach, Evan Rubenstein, plug for him. <laughs> He's in Melbourne. <laughs> uh, who had made me build it like an engineer from day one. So all the systems, all the um, operating procedures and having people doing specific roles just to keep it like a well-oiled machine. So it was pretty cruisy before COVID. Like I was going on holidays all the time. I was working 10, 20 hours a week. And I was making pretty freaking good money. And then COVID hit and it absolutely smashed everything, right? We lost a lot of money in early 2020. Basically all of our profits before that got wiped out in three months. Mm. Um, I had to pump in all this extra cash. And then uh, crypto started to boom roughly at around the same time. I was like, okay, maybe there's something here. <laughs> <laughs> this yeah. <is> it. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Um so
1: what made you get into crypto then was the obviously seeing the new opportunity right and 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 obviously going towards that what how did you think about it you know when you started to when you were making that decision because i think that's a decision that like you said before like <laughs> there's still so many people that still are contemplating whether bitcoin's a choice or not <laughs> do you know what i mean and it's like a lot of the questions we're getting through the podcast at the moment is, like, okay, well, if this, is a, if this is a reality, how do we start to think about how potentially we can incorporate it? And you've obviously gone down the, the, the route of help, probably helping people actually incorporate it and developing the softwares to do that. But, you know, how, do you, how did you think about it at the time and what was your framework to go into it and say, okay, where do I want to position myself for the future?
0: I just started playing around with shit as a trader. So I was like putting it into many different platforms, different dApps. So I was lending money. I was um, lending out money, borrowing money. Uh, I was flipping coins. I was flipping NFTs. I was trying everything.
1: You got to do that.
0: Sorry, you got to do that. Like, you know, yeah. that's
1: the thing is like a, a few, what, oh, I reckon maybe four months ago now, five months ago, when NFTs were really starting to ramp up, I was like, okay. You know, you've got to allocate a budget to this and you've got to be willing to go and spend that in order to learn because you, you need to immerse yourself in it in t- to actually to actually learn. So 100%.
0: yeah the first loan I ever took and these are like decentralized loans on ave or compound so it's not like you're signing contracts or anything like uh, traditional finance for the <laughs> people listening here that are like you took out a fucking loan for crypto. Right, when I first heard about taking loans in crypto, I was like, hell nah. <laughs> I'm just gonna, they're gonna dump on me. I'm gonna lose my money. Someone's gonna come knocking on my door trying to get my 20 grand that I'd loaned. Um, but it doesn't work like that at all. The first time I did it, I put in the wrong coin and then I had it on the wrong network and then I had it on the wrong wallet and then I didn't have any Ethereum in that wallet. And it cost me like four grand in just transaction fees going in and fucking, oh shit, you went the wrong way, come back and then in and out. Four grand just to get a twenty grand loan up front. It cost me an Ethereum transaction fees. I was like, this is ridiculous, but I can borrow cash here for like a four percent interest rate. So then I borrowed that. Die. And you don't have to go through all the shit. And it's instant. Yeah, no. and it's instant. And they don't know who I am. So I locked my Ethereum in there. I borrowed like twenty Gs, and I started trade uh, doing um, day trading with different coins, trying to get them before they pumped. A lot of people get them after they pumped, which is dumb. I'm the one selling to them. <laughs> And uh, as I started to play around with these things, I was like, there's an opportunity here. I can get a, if I play my cards right, a 17% interest rate on USDT and die and like a combination of a few of them. And I can overlay it two or three times. So I can work my way up to about a 25% interest rate on stable coins. Mm-hmm. I think like, this is fucking ridiculous. It's crazy. Like I have cash in, with my other company in the bank at Commonwealth Bank. They give me 0.1%. Mm. 0.1%. I lose money every year. And then this, I saw 25%, like, shit, how do I get all my money into this? Even money that I don't want in crypto, I'll just put it in stable coins. And there was no real way to do that. I couldn't account for it on tax. I couldn't account for it with, uh, it doesn't really link with my bank accounts very well. Uh, It was very, very difficult. So I was like, okay, I'm going to build a platform that does this for businesses, and then they can all put their cash in here. We can target companies like JB Hi-Fi. JB Hi-Fi reports they have $350 million cash in the bank at any given time. Why don't you put five or ten percent of that in stable coins? Right, ComBank's giving them point 0.1%. We give them twenty five percent, or conservatively seventeen percent. Mm-hmm. So I, I came up with this model. Being a marketing expert, I really drew up uh, some good funnels, uh, made it very user friendly, and then that was the Defi Link platform, where it was like an investment gateway. Is that so live? Yeah, that's live. You can go to Defi Link and
1: and so companies can
0: can go through that process. So currently they can onboard. It's onboard by themselves, right? And then they uh, can start issuing res- uh, invoices for crypto. People can start paying them in crypto. They'll receive the crypto into their wallet in the platform. They can cash it out into dollars if they want. Or they can stake it and earn a yield on that.
1: Very nice. Very nice.
0: And but so and can they deposit? Yeah, they can deposit. Awesome. They can withdraw. So that's the basic functions we have now. We're building in uh, hedge funds so that you can... Basically, just delegate your investment strategies, and you'll have it farming across dozen different platforms or top five market cap coins. Or
1: this is this is the possibilities in this world. Because in the old world, you can't like setting something like that that up in in the old financial system is literally ridiculous. Like I, one of our mates was trying to set up a, a, a neo bank. Um, and and, and luck. yeah, exactly right. And that but that, that's what I'm talking about. Like you're kind of going. You, the old system just they it's like how many fences do you have to jump to actually get your idea off the ground and i think that's where people are seeing the opportunity
0: now right it's going to get more regulated that's well, 100% thing. so we've been going from the regulated license route from day 1 and it's made us like we had to wait 3 months before we were allowed to trade just to get the oztrack approval mm. as a crypto exchange so 3 months we're just sitting around we've got the platform developed we've got people wanting to use it and we're just like twiddling our thumbs like This is bullshit. Um, And then that's why we're also, uh, our company's heavily invested into DeFi Wonderland, which is a DAO. Um, So some of our team contribute to that among many other people who contribute to that and other investors involved in that. So it's actually a DAO. Uh, And then that way, that one's kind of, you can do a lot of the cool crypto things without regulations. You can do lending, right, without a lending license. And you don't need a lending license in 360 countries. (laughs) You can just do it in the decentralized world. Um, so there's a lot of cool ninja things that you can do in the decentralized world that you can't do in the centralized world. It's whenever you touch Fiat that the issue is. So we have everything licensed and regulated on the Fiat side of things and like the traditional business side of things. If you want to go full ninja, you go DeFi Wonderland. Cool. So do you want to explain a little bit about what a DAO is for the, for the listeners at home? Uh, decentralized Autonomous Organization. So it's basically works like a like a a good government system should. So all the stakeholders being the token holders, they can vote on specific changes to the DAO. If a certain threshold's met, then the the changes get implemented. They get to vote on, like, what happens with the funds of the DAO, Mm -hmm. who develops things, what new updates do we do. Um, Because the goal here really is that the DAO will take fees of some kind and it will earn revenue like a business, and then the stakers which are literally the token holders who stake their token in the DAO. Um, they get paid an APR of some kind, some kind of interest rate or staking rewards or revenues paid out to them. So it works just like a company with shares, except you don't know who these people are. They're just anonymous wallet addresses, and uh, they have some stake in this DAO. And, and so when it comes to the DAO, are you guys thinking about it from
1: the perspective of people can earn... Those tokens um, through obviously providing value to the DAO as well, or is it just state?
0: Is it just buying and staking at the moment? So we have a fund that's uh, one of the funds of the DAO is uh, for uh, marketing and product development. So someone can propose a new thing, and then we've got a specific fund that can be issued to um, build that out, and that's how they could earn tokens.
1: These kind of and I think the thing that I'm seeing with with DAOs at the moment is they just move at the speed of light. Like, and I think obviously because it's decentralized um, and the the incentives are great. Right? Oh, they're nuts! They're nuts, right? So I think and I think that's I think that's going to be the most exciting thing. Like in the future is like how how long do you? That's probably a good question. How long do you think we are from? You know, how far away are we from DAOs? You know, nearly every company being a DAO.
0: As soon as you touch the real world or, like, the physical world, you won't have a DAO, I don't think. Or maybe some kind of mix of a DAO hybrid. But I don't think that it's going to take over the traditional system. I think it'll just integrate with it, and some of it, like in the metaverse, will be completely DAO. Um, But... But surely you think that once, like,
1: because you're in the same boat, like you're in that system now. So what's stopping everyone? Do you reckon, especially as we see, you know, the 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 boomer generation start to to kind of leave the workforce and stuff like that. Like, surely you think that everybody's eventually going to see this and say, well, the, the opportunity is too big, or do you think as it gets more competitive, the rewards will kind of?
0: Oh, it'll definitely level out a bit. Yeah. Five years, could be three years, could be ten years. Mm -hmm. I don't think that having a uh, for-profit enterprise system that's a voting system is going to be very effective. I think there should be top-up leadership Mm. or or top-down leadership. I don't see it ever working like that. And if you look at any, um, even nation that's done very powerful and big things throughout history, it's always been some kind of almost a dictator or it's always been some strong leader and it hasn't been really a voting system on every little shitty decision. So I don't think that that's necessarily an effective leadership method, although a lot of people like to think that that's uh, the way that things should be. I just don't think a lot gets done that way. So I think there needs to be, like, a executive structure of some kind because it's more effective, and they can make better decisions, uh, they're usually better informed, and they uh, typically are smarter than the people that are voting down the bottom. So we need to have a hierarchy system. I think that all, like complex societal structures need to have in a hierarchy. So it depends if the DAO can do that or not. Right? And it might do that because the stakeholders have more votes than others and that could be the way to do it. I don't know if you're going to get a factory production line that's producing cars being a DAO. I don't know if no, that would no. work. Right?
1: Yeah, I, I, yeah, definitely. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, I think... I think it could be more, obviously, for the side of the creator economy and and those kind of people, like, self-employed. Like, I've got this kind of... I think eventually we might get to a place where you don't have employees. Like, I, I honestly do. I think, like, where, obviously, with, with blockchain technology, it might get to a point where everyone just has a wallet, right? And and you can... And, and I'm just reading, like, the way I look at this is I've had many conversations about people who during um, lockdowns either got a second job yeah. or um, worked three hours a day and got all their tasks done and then spent the rest of the day sun baking or, or, or whatever it is. And for me, that's a sign that if you're productive, and I think that's why we're seeing not many people actually want to go back to their jobs at the moment as well, is like, well, wh- why would I? Well, you know, is there a better way that I can leverage my time? Especially because the fact that asset prices are climbing through the roof, wages aren't going with it. You know, people are starting to shift their mindset right now, and and I think it's obviously driven by the, the crypto
0: space as well. The digital world will be a DAO for sure. It's just physical or governments or laws, then that's going to not be a DAO. Do
1: you think everything will? Because we're in a, you know, like like technology is deflationary, right? So 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 this is the this is the grand argument in my opinion, <laughs> right? Is like. Uh, how does this play out long term with the debasement of the currency happening um, and that transition to these you know to to cryptocurrencies you know how does this play out from a work perspective because we know that if we if if we weren't in a world where that was built on debt and we had a currency that held its value we would almost we'd be working towards this point where a lot of the things that we pay for now would be free you know, like like electricity and so on, like because technology will bring that mm. that cost of that production to zero. So, and and I don't know, I, I'm I'm not going to kind of go guns blazing here and say that this is going to happen, but the things that you're talking about in the physical world, a lot of that will probably get, re- you know, a lot of those jobs will probably. Re- get replaced by
0: technology. Oh shit yeah, AI is going to smash out a whole bunch of things. Yeah, so so,
1: so that's kind of what that, that's my mindset with it is. Well, over here there's going to be less and less jobs. Mm. That's going to be technological. You're going to, you know, and and hopefully if we can get to this kind of global system, you know, like if Bitcoin was to become, you know, the the sto- like, you know, obviously transition, that's what we we based a lot of our monetary system on along along with all these other cryptocurrencies. You wouldn't, you know, like you, there would be no jobs there, and there will be no jobs there, which means you 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 only actually earn income in the digital world.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know, Philippines is one of is the highest population density of uh, people playing in the metaverse on games. Mate, that's where. So, uh, my developers
1: that I um, I'm working with at the moment <laughs> about eight months ago uh, introduced me to Axie Infinity yeah right and I was like once you and I looked at this thing and I go fucking hell <laughs> like what is this right but and I'm talking more like people think of that because it looks like Pokemon I'm like no like the business model the numbers the adoption rate like I'm and the, and the revenue and the stick rate oh and I'm just like fuck this is the future right yeah. but I'm, I'm just like you know, that's the argument I'm trying to, or the thing I'm trying to comprehend is that I, I honestly think the metaverse is just the place that we eventually earn income through and yield. That's literally the way I look at it.
0: Well, once all our basic needs are taken care of by AI or yeah. some kind of machine of some kind, what's left? It's the creative side of things. It's more like creative and expressive, which is really where humans start to shine. So a lot of that will transition into that metaverse world without a doubt. Um, I want to touch on the uh, the inflationary-deflationary argument a little bit because yeah. I find this one very interesting. Yep. I think that the crypto world, they kind of over-idealize uh, having a deflationary mechanism like Bitcoin or even though Bitcoin does print a little bit of Bitcoin in the mining system. Um, I think a lot of people over-idealize the deflation and they kind of make a very big enemy against the US dollar. Oh, how dare you print more? bring US dollars. They have to. But they have to, right? Yeah, they have to. The government ha- plays a very, very important system, a very important role by printing money. So the only difference is going to be a Dow will print the money. There's still going to be fucking money printing. So all these people are like, ah, oh, I'm going to put my money in here and it's not going to go down in value over time. 100% it's going to go down in value over time because there's going to be, if it's not the government's printing money, which I think it should be because they do a pretty good job of it, of coordinating that kind of mass printing. It's going to be a DAO that does it and they're just going to print money instead so crypto will always be i think uh, inflationary as well money
1: money printing's a mechanism to fight demographics right so so like if the boomers right that generation <laughs> the boomers but that generation right was i think the you know they after world war they they went away and had a lot of sex right and <laughs> and the the global Population grew by thirty percent between between the forties and the and the and the sixties. Yeah. I think it was, right. And if you, it, it's you know, do you ever listen to Raul Raul Power? Right. No. So anyway, it's some. He's a he's a macro guy, but he kind of did this big macro thesis and looked back and and basically, if you track the Fed balance sheet against um, the labor um, participation rates literally equal right um so as as the as that drops they have to keep printing money to 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 fight that mechanism right so and the whole idea is that you know as time goes by our population is uh it's increasing in terms of the amount but the rate is actually decreasing and what we've got at the moment is (laughs) um you've got well we talked about it ai and technology Mm. right you've also got um our generation in the, in the workforce at the same time as the, you know, many of the boomers that are still in the workforce because the retirement age has gone up, right? Why has it gone up? Because a lot of people can't afford to retire, yeah. Yeah. right? So, so you've got all of these forces together in, you know, and it's like, and, and we're like you think about it, how many people, like we've got more people in the workforce than we've ever had, right? And then you've got technology which takes a lot of those jobs away. So I, I, I think, and when you can start to understand that like money... Pr- like they, they literally don't have a choice. They yeah. have to
0: keep printing money, otherwise we turn into the fucking purge. Well, what, like uh, the old people, are you going to pay more tax to pay them so they can live? Fuck no. No, no. I, I would rather they print a bit of money yeah. <laughs> and I don't have to pay extra tax. Yeah, And that's the issue. Everyone wants the lowest tax rates possible, but they also want the most flourishing economy possible and you look at countries where they haven't done that well like Afghanistan like you don't want to live in Afghanistan I'd much rather be in Australia yeah Uh, so it's very important and it's like uh, everyone as humans you want to accumulate and save you don't really want to spend all the time and we've got this infinitely large amount of accumulation that we want to have you get a million dollars now you want 10 million dollars you get 10 million you know you want a billion we're always going to be like this which means we're not spending so the flowing cash is just decreasing. It's getting taken out of the economy by all the tight asses, like me, <laughs> who accumulate more than I spend. Mm. And this is what most people do, especially investors, or the ones that are good at accumulating will just accumulate. So you need to print more because where is it coming from? It's the, the stream. If, it's like if the clouds stop sucking water up from the ocean and then it does this big cycle, you're just going to have droughts and shit and it's going to be ruins. So you just need to have something coming in the other side so I can accumulate it all. So they need to print. So then the question is, where does the printing come from? Because if the governments don't catch up to this and they, like, release a central bank-backed currency, which I really hope that the Australian government at least does, uh, because it's my favourite. And then they can start printing money and it'd be like USDT, except instead of USDT printing the money, the government's printing the money. I'm happy with that outcome. And then we can have the other currencies and also doing whatever. But I think the governments need to catch up on this, because if they let this thing go too wild... You're going to have random terrorist organizations printing the money. You're going to have some really large, ego-driven guy who's an absolute maniac who should not have the power to print money, printing money. So, so when you
1: say printing money, right, so you're talking about creating their own token.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you look at like Swap. they print something like $40 million a day in tokens. $40 million a day. Don't and they're quote, just like, they're like, they're like miniature, that, you know, um, ICOs. No, they literally just (laughs) go into the back end and their smart contract creates new tokens and they give that away as staking rewards. So they're not actually earning that profit to give it away. They're just printing more tokens to give away. Really? So it's very inflationary. Very fucking inflationary. Yeah. But then they hide it all. And this is why uh, PancakeSwap's genius is they put so much emphasis on their burning and they do these big announcements of we're burning 20,000 tokens or... Two million dollars worth of tokens, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, they're burning tokens! It's deflationary." But they, you didn't fuck. They just printed thirty yeah, million. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, printed yeah, thirty yeah. million, and they burned two million. <laughs> You've still got an excess supply there. And then there's other ones that are, and these are very. I've been diving so deep into this over the last week. I absolutely love them, and I recommend everyone check them out. Is uh, Olympus DAO and Olympus DAO forks of Olympus DAO? So there's a few good forks: Jade DAO Protocol. Um, uh, Wanderland not to be confused with DeFi Wanderland uh, there's another one Climber and what these do is they've basically modelled the uh, traditional financial system where the government has a printing mechanism and people buy bonds in that and then they get they earn a certain reward over time so what these platforms are doing or what these smart contracts are doing is I put in I might bond my Ethereum or I'll bond my USDC or I'll bond my uh, LP token, which is a pair of OHM and uh, USDC. Mm-hmm. I'll bond that. They'll give me OM on a 5 or 10% discount, <laughs> so I'm literally buying with strong currencies to buy their OM token at a discount, so I get slightly more than the market price. And then they use that to earn a revenue or earn transaction fees, uh, and then they basically just print more. So, because they're earning a profit because they've sold their imaginary token (laughs) for seven hundred and fifty dollars for a real thing like USDC, that's you could argue is very strong. uh, The DAO, in its mind, has made a profit. So then, that profit gets distributed across all of the stakers. So the APYs on those things are like twenty thousand percent APY. It's like seven. uh, Ohm's been around the longest and they've, they're down to like 7,000% APY, which means 1K would be worth 70K in if, as long as the price maintains. Other ones like uh, Jade Dow, I put some into that two days ago. It's already up 40%. And they have a 4 billion% APY. 4 billion% APY. They're just printing money like crazy. But if they can pull it off <coughs> because of this bond mechanism, each of the Dow tokens are actually backed by... So what's the negative to this then? Right, so, so there's a the negative. House of cards. Yep. So all you need is a crash. Bitcoin, let's say Bitcoin goes to gone. 30K. they will get wiped out pretty hard. But because of the backing of them, because they're somewhat backed by USDC, there's a flaw that it can fall to. So these things, if you in and then it lasts a couple months and it maintains selling bonds, which I believe they will because greed will make everyone want to buy these things at a discount and get these crazy APYs. You literally just print money, and they're printing money exactly like the central banks did when we moved off gold. Mm -hmm. It's the exact same mechanism, except now the people get it instead of the government. So the floor floor price for OHM is $1 every ohm. It's worth like $750 now. It's backed by one USDC at least. So it has to go down to... It could go down to that, but as long as it keeps printing tokens, which they have in their reserve, or they sell enough bonds, because the APY is so high, in three years, even if it went down from $750 to $1, in three years, I would still make a profit. Because of the yield. Even even if it was a 750X drop. (laughs) Yeah. So these things, like, I was doing the math the other day, it's like, worst case scenario, you break even. Best case scenario, 100X, (laughs) 1,000X, (laughs) like... It's ridiculous. So because it's a business, it's a business and it gets rebased. They have this rebasing system, which means that all of this printing, as long as you're staking, it gets evenly distributed across the stakers. So they're just printing more shares like a company would. As long as, that, as, long as it's staked, you've kind of got the flexibility to do so. You, you have the, you just still keep the same percentage. Yeah. You get more of that token, which on the market means you can sell it for more, but it's still the same percentage of the total market share. So the ones that get in early, they just get to enjoy massive compounding printing. And I'm curious to see how they pull it off. I think that it will be successful. I've tried, I've tried to tear these things apart for the last three days. <laughs> I've been reading through every little literature, piece of documents about these things. And they're pretty solid. Like They have, they have a lot of corners uh, covered. So I've put in some good money into those things and they're, <laughs> they're just printing money. Like it, one of these things, Jade Dow is uh, a pretty, it's got a good team behind it. That's why I like this one. Um, For everyone who's listening, by the way, if you're not, if
1: the Dow world is, is kind of like, you're like, I'm still confused, go look it up because
0: it's probably going to get repeated a lot thr- throughout this. <laughs> <laughs> Dow is a decentralized app that I interact with my MetaMask wallet, right? And uh, it's just an algorithm. It's just a trading algorithm in the middle, a smart, intelligent algorithm. And if I have, I think it's like thousand dollars. If they can keep the price steady, in one year, it'd be worth. I that.
1: thought fucking Axie Infinity was a good. I'm getting like a a hundred
0: and thirty percent on that, and I thought that was <laughs> wild. <laughs> yeah. So did I. <laughs> so did I a few weeks ago until I realized that these things could actually pull it off. Um, one k would be worth ninety six million dollars in three hundred sixty five days. Ninety six mil. I'm willing to fucking take that bet. <laughs> like, yeah. Give me one tenth of that and I'll, okay, I'll be happy. <laughs> like, yeah. So it's, it's steady. It's just really, it's game theory on that point because you want to get nobody selling. Every time you sell, you are gonna have these whales dumping the price. So they just need to try to make it so that nobody sells, which <clears throat> is kind of like a pyramid scheme thing, except it's exactly what the central banks do. Mm. And now the people get to benefit from that. Uh, more directly. They get to benefit from it anyway because it eventually trickles to them. But this is very interesting. So I think it's worth having a bet on some of these uh, OHM forks. They're good. So Climber Clima, Clima is one that instead of backing it by US dollars, each token's backed by a carbon credit. So the way that the carbon credit system works, I think this is very interesting so I really back this project. Uh, the carbon credit system, right? if I don't pollute as much in the real world I get carbon credits and I can sell those on the open markets and if I absolutely pollute like crazy then I have to buy carbon credits so there's a supply and demand market for these carbon credits and each of those represent how much pollution of uh, I'm, I'm basically buying um, to one carbon credits one ton of pollution that they're theoretically extracting or technically extracting from mm-hmm. the atmosphere so if I pollute shitloads, I need to buy shit loads which should in theory take it out So the market price for these things is very low, it's like $8 or something, don't quote me on that, but it's quite low for one ton of pollution. So this one is locking those in, in the Dow as the backing, so it's literally sucking them out of the market into this money printing mechanism. So I put 5K into this thing, and it's printing like, it's got like a 39%, 39, 39,000% APY, 39,000% because people are bonding their carbon credits with it and then they get getting issued their token and I get issued some of the token when they get issued the token. So what it's doing is sucking up all of these um, carbon credits which is going to make the price of these, the market price in the real world, more expensive which means it's going to be more difficult to pollute and you're going to have to look for cleaner technology. So it's a money printing mechanism. it's driving renewable energy. It's a backed money printing mechanism that uh, does some very good job for the planet. So, so with all these, right? So, what's your macro?
1: What's your macro perspective on all of this then? Right? So, because like we're looking, what's the long term prospectus on on a lot of these? Uh, you know, obviously, DAOs and, and altcoins that we're talking about right now. Like, do you do you see this continuing on? And this is how it's going to be long term, or, or like how do you see it?
0: Globally now, the number of wallet addresses is about three percent of the eight billion people in the world. So we've got about a three percent adoption rate, and these are the early adopters. Now what we're going to have is this hockey stick explosion, where it goes from three uh, percent to twenty seven percent to then sixty percent. You get the early majority, the late majority, and then the laggards. If you look at the supply, uh, the market adoption what, curve.
1: What's that from again? What's the what book?
0: Just Google market adoption curve. I don't know what the book is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I learned it in economics, and uh, we're about to have this massive boom. So I think we've probably got another twenty x to go. It might not be in the next six months or twelve months, but the internet adoption rate is sixty percent globally. I thought it'd be higher than that, but the sixty percent globally. So you can assume that everyone on the internet, or at least by the time we get there, it might be seventy percent adoption. So you can assume we're going to get like a sixty percent global adoption rate of crypto in the next five or ten years. Mm-hmm which means that the market cap is going to go 20x. -hmm. So we've got a 3 trillion market cap then. It's going to be 60 trillion, which means that roughly, on average, you're going to get a 20x return, which is fucking insane. Mm -hmm. Um, And then from there, and and it'll shoot off. I don't think we've really had the big boom yet. It's booming, but I think it'll shoot off and then we'll get some leveling out happening and we'll get some stabilization. But because of the nature of crypto, which is decentralized trust exchange, you won't get all of them booming all the time, but you'll still get some projects that just fucking explode. And there will be so much constant ability to make stupid money because if you just get in at the right time in the right project because of the viral effect of those things, you have the ability to find unicorns always. And I think that will always be the case. It's like if you get a whole bunch of rocks and you throw them in the pond and you see the ripples going everywhere, that's what crypto does. It's just decentralized explosions of trust exchange. And if you can fight, if you can get close enough to the center of these ripples, you'll make shitloads of money. And I think that will always be the case. Mm. Some will, A lot more will lose as we, equ- as we equal out and we're not in a bull market anymore. But there's going to be so much opportunity forever in this thing.
1: Yeah. Uh, it, it's going to be, I mean, for me, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what industries you yeah, because it's got, it's going to expand and it's going to affect. I got a question on my Instagram in the other day. It's like, oh, what industries do you think it's going to affect the most? And I go, well, you know, they're all they're all it's going to hit them all. It's more so which ones come first? What's you know, and which ones kind of cop at first? Uh, I think that's that's the interesting question. That's, financial guess, systems, banks, that, banks lending, yeah, that'll be definitely be that's already happening. Yeah, you know, um, art is obviously you know that's that's one that's already happening. I think property. You know, you're starting to see some things happen in property at the moment, um, but I think that's going to be the interesting thing. Is is I think property will be a big one. I think that that'll eventually come, and when it does, that'll be huge. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's the thing I'm looking. I'm actually looking forward to it, to be honest. Like, I think I think there's a negative side to it all, and I think you know, for us to transition to this kind of world, there's going to be some shit go wrong. Um, you know, hopefully, it's we can. We can adopt before it gets, you know, from a societal standpoint in in the non digital world. We can it, it can we can kind of get that adoption to happen sooner, but it's crazy. So El Salvador, <laughs> okay, <laughs> it, it, that's ha- you know, like like so so you're obviously seeing what's going on over there at the moment, and, and they're all in, right? And 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 doing some amazing things down there. What's the gauge on? Or what, what's your, what are you thinking is going to happen? You know, who who's, are we going to see a lot of uh, countries follow suit? Um, obviously, uh, you know, it'll probably start in the, in a lot of the... There's a few, countries. I think
0: Venezuela was looking at it, and I don't remember, remember Brazil the third one. Brazil, maybe. Yeah. I don't know why they, if I'm the government, I would question if I would do that or not. I'd rather issue, I guess they probably don't understand it enough. I'd rather issue my own central bank-backed stable coin so mm. I can print the money if I'm the government. But I think it's good that they're getting on Bitcoin. That's great. Um I don't know if it's the smartest move just because they're going to lose control, but it's still cool. It's cool for the people. When you say they're going to lose control. If the government doesn't even control its own money system, what does that mean? Because that's really what all governments are built on is controlling the flow of cash. If they no longer control the flow of cash. So you're, you're talking, you think
1: the right way to do it is similar to what Miami have done? What have they done? So they've brought out a, a coin called Miami coin. Really? <laughs> okay. Yeah. So the the um, the mayor there, the mayor or the governor, the one of the two, yeah, brought out uh, Miami coin. You buy a Miami coin and you get paid any money they make on that. They will send back to their, the people who own the coin in Bitcoin rewards. Fuck. That's cool. Yeah. It's backed by STX. I think STX are the ones who are making the coins. They've okay. done... They, so it's, it's, it's funny, right? So I don't know, I don't know how it works. I've got to go do more research into it. But STX create the coin without the government. Like the government don't go to STX and say, I want this. STX are just creating it. And then they, I think they're going to, to you know, the different um, states or, or cities. Okay. Um, so it's so not a government
0: initiative. They're
1: selling the government on it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then... And that's kind of how they're working it, and they would obviously build the incentive structures in the back end. But New York, they've just they just last week created New York, so that what they're doing is they're going after the governors who are pro crypto. Um, and New that's York's a tough one; they're not very pro. the the new The new governor, or the new um, what it, governor? Fucking ruler, mayor, of some kind, yeah, whatever. Yeah. He, he's pro he's okay. like cryptocurrency be taught in schools yeah, like really. all in and i think they'll just be working on him in the back end I, they, <laughs> they're the ones so i'm that that's one i'm keeping an eye on i've put a little bit of money into new york coin because it's, it's a okay. fucking it's like 0.000000 and i'm like all it takes is an announcement and oh shit yeah you know but but i think that's kind of what you're talking about is like some type of incentive where they i know that the the government isn't creating it but at least they they can create the incentive structures behind it, because that's what really money does, isn't it? It's, 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 an incentive structure so that governments can create a set of rules that people will follow, and that's really what a DAO is. You know, that's what these these decentralized organisations will become.
0: I don't know how well the federal U.S. government's going to take to that. I would imagine they will be watching that and they'll crack down on it and they'll wipe it out. Mm. If you get every individual state having their own non-government run currency federal government's going to be all over that shit they'll stomp it out like nothing like it'll be
1: interesting (laughs) to see i mean they have uh, that's the thing is like miami's miami's been it's it's i think they're about three months in so that'll be the thing that'll be interesting to see i think they're not worried about it right now but if you see it popping up with all like you know if it catches fire it'll be interesting to see definitely
0: (laughs) I, if i was uh whoever's in charge at that time i would be very concerned all my individual states having their own currencies you no longer have a united states <laughs> that's fucking trouble yeah it's all kinds of trouble mm. how do you then run the military how do you then get everyone to pay their taxes properly? well i
1: mean <coughs> i think it, it, it's going to be two things they're either going to re-regulate it or they they're going to be first they're going to come in early and say, and they're going to do one for the whole of the US. Oh, they need to. Yeah, yeah, they need to. Yeah. So, so I think it's, I think it's cool because it's, they'll go one of two ways. They'll either fucking crack down, like you said, or, or they will, they will come out and actually create their own because they'll be forced to. And maybe that is the domino that mm. that that needs to fall. It'll definitely put
0: pressure on them to do that, which is good. So I, I, think, I like that.
1: I yeah. think that's what El Salvador does too, right? Because as long as the US is the, the you know the, the, the global reserve currency and they can keep printing it, a lot of these other countries, that's, they're the ones who get affected. You know, it's the, it's the El Salvador's who get affected. Their dollar goes to shit. We're seeing, the same. We're seeing it in Turkey at the moment. Turkey's dollar. Top, you know, yeah. so I think that's what El Salvador, you know, they're, they're the first ones. So they're probably, you know, they might not have done it the right way, but yeah. at least they're making ground. Yeah, yeah. It's a competitive advantage, right? It's like, and I think that's going to be the thing that eventually gets the U.S., to, to play ball in some way, shape or form, whether that's through regulation or not. Mm. It's, it's interesting times.
0: A lot of countries do use the US dollar, though, like Cambodia, it's all US dollars mm. when you're going through... They're that, all... A lot, all just give so, you dollars.
1: So many do. And that's why when, the, you know, when, when they print money, the, the US dollar becomes stronger against a lot of these other currencies. And that's, that's what you're going to start seeing now. You know, that's, that's the reality. So it's. I think it's going to force some of these other countries' hands a lot more, which will it'll be interesting.
0: They should just create their own. They need to create their own. A lot of them. I think like Australia, just uh, the central bank here. Um, there was a job ad that I saw. They were hiring a whole bunch of blockchain and smart contract specialists. The government of Australia. So they're trying to figure out. They're already working on a pilot program for an Australian coin, which is fucking fantastic. I think that's great. Like.
1: Yeah, th- they were. They were one of the first to to look at it, weren't they? Yeah. That's fucking not like Australia.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Australia's got a very pro, in the regulatory standpoint, a very reasonably pro-crypto standpoint. Like Singapore and Switzerland, I think it would be very strategically valuable for us to have pro-crypto because Singapore and Switzerland are kind of the hubs at the moment. All these Chinese projects getting kicked out, bring them to Australia. All of these US projects, bring them to Australia. If we can be like the next Switzerland, the next financial hub... Be fucking awesome! Philippines have got regular. I'm pretty sure they got
1: protection now. So I was speaking to the devs, and they were saying that they've now got regular There's regulations or legislations in place that are that actually protect them, okay. protect crypto projects because they obviously want to become one of a, a hub as well. Smart, yeah, it's good. So again, competitive advantage. This is where you, what you're going to see around the world. You're going to see as this gets bigger and bigger, the the potential reward for countries is, is too high and that's why you've probably seen El Salvador just going absolutely bananas right now <laughs> you know with, with everything they're doing they're buying the
0: dips yeah <laughs> he's always doing it <laughs> didn't he just buy 100 bitcoin or something yeah that's, I think playing. yesterday or this morning it's great <laughs> so aside
1: from what we talked about before then around what do you call them the
0: what Olympus pro- Dow
1: yeah the, 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 the uh, pro- type of project what, what's the biggest opportunity in crypto right now?
0: I mean, it's pretty tough to beat that. <laughs> <Like, laughs> You've got a 4 billion percent APY. <laughs> That's, now you could argue that the whole price will crash and I think it will have some crashing but it depends how much it will crash. Like, they're a pretty big opportunity. And gaming, it's interesting if you look at the gaming sector, They uh, the price of Bitcoin even when it's crashed or dumped over the last two weeks, it's been pretty choppy. Gaming's just been booming still. Sandbox has. has just been booming still. Well, that was my next thing, so we'll, we'll get to that. But So I think Metaverse and gaming, they're still hot. They're very, very hyped right now. But you've got, I think Adidas just bought, just bought some Sandbox land. I bought some Sandbox two weeks ago. It cost me... Let's do that.
1: Let's do that right now. I want Because I, I looked at it after you mentioned it. I've been looking at it for a while. Um, tell me about what your thoughts are around sandbox and, and a little bit about what sandbox actually is.
0: <laughs> so when I, was, when I bought my sandbox, I was at the workshop with the investment banking group that they hired us to do this workshop. And the guy, the, the director of it looked at me and he said, I was looking to buy in some uh, sandbox land. Should I buy some? I was like, that's a good question. So I was looking up in the, in the workshop and he's like, land will always go up. It's going up. It's always going up. You'll always need land. It's scarce. I was like, yeah, fuck it. All right, I'll buy, I'll buy a block of land. It was like eight grand US. Now it's worth like fifteen or sixteen in two weeks. It's absolutely crazy, mm. and we helped him. It's buy. pumping
1: at the moment on there, isn't it?
0: Yeah, and we helped him buy some land as well because it's limited. One hundred sixty-six thousand lots. I'm pretty sure there's that many. Wow.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then but that uh, that's mate, compi- like you know, fucking yeah. If that be if Sandbox becomes the the metaverse, place, yeah. Well, no, I don't think it will be the metaverse. I think obviously it's a it's a representation of a mall, but if if it's a prominent Universe in the metaverse, which it you know, you could you could make an argument that it's 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 one of the leaders. Hundred and sixty six thousand lots is nothing, especially if you've got whales coming in who might buy thousands
0: at a time. Oh, there'll be dominant hubs, which are some metaverse things and like Decentraland and Sandbox are positioning themselves to be that. Um But I bought one that's kind of near Snoop Dogg, kind of near Atari. The ones right next to Snoop Dogg, they're going for like 200k a block. Yeah, I know. I've It's absolutely nuts. It's nuts. But as soon as I saw Snoop Dogg in there, I was like, fuck man, this guy's going to bring the masses. So I bought some, 100%. He's
1: trying to run a party in there, Mm. a house party.
0: (laughs) If anyone listening to this, I highly recommend going and looking at Snoop Dogg's promo video for Sandbox, because that really just ties in what it could be. Yeah. It's like Minecraft open world in the metaverse. I reckon it's fucking great. I used to love Minecraft. I still would if I had uh, the time to do it. I used to absolutely smash Minecraft and this one looks like this. You can build universes that make money so I can build games on my sandbox land. Um, like a Kind of like uh, if I was using CAD to do some engineering drawings, you'd do that and you'd build out different features mm. and then I can make it into a game and if people use my game, yeah, I money. can earn sand. Right, which Crazy. is fantastic and I can use that to pimp it up again and earn more so it's going to become like a rental system so I'm I really want I think there's a big opportunity to get some Filipinos and uh, get them all designing all these things and selling them on sand and reaching out to all the people who own sand and getting to pimp up and use their land that they're not currently it's like development it's like virtual real estate developers yeah it,
1: it, it, this is what I'm seeing and, and the thing that I'm really the way it changes business models is, is quite Crazy. You know, I just look at Axie and, and I go, that's the business model of the future. You oh, gotta, yeah, you've yeah. just got to figure out how that fits into every industry. You know, how does that fit into media? How does that fit into property development? How does that fit into all these different potentials out there? And it's flipping it on its head. So it's it's basically saying anything, you, you, you basically, and that's what I mean. I think th- uh, my, my idea of the metaverse is the new workforce. It's where we go to earn yield because everything outside of the metaverse will eventually, over time, will get wiped out. Jobs, you know, you're not going to need factory jobs. You're not going to need any of that stuff. So humans are not going to need to feel like they need to go to work out of necessity. They'll actually go to work out of passion. And then that's where you'll go find a DAO, you'll go find something like Axie is, the, is for gamers. You know, for the first time in history, uh, gamers' wives are actually telling them to, to game more, <laughs> you know. Um, and and that's, the, that's the whole idea that I see is yeah. we're looking at, you know, we're doing things out of passion and culture, and we're we're living or existing in these universes that we really love, and we enjoy, and we care about, and they they interest us, and we actually get a yield for them. We're not, you know, not like Facebook and Instagram where they just take it, take your data, and then sell it
0: back to you at a premium. Yeah, they take you for a ride. Uh, it's uh, it's an absolutely crazy space. It's like Wally when they're in the spaceship, and the humans are just these fat lards on the, on these. <laughs> Uh, little flying things and yeah. they've just got like tubes and thick shakes getting fed to them and they're in this metaverse. Mm. We're going to be like that and it's scary. There's a few different shows that are like that and they're going to be very realistic very soon but the thing that they didn't account for because it didn't really exist was blockchain and blockchain is going to enable the metaverse. If we didn't have blockchain you couldn't do the do metaverse properly.
1: What do you think about the metaverse, right? Like are you, are you sold on the fact that like because I'm not sold on the fact that I don't think I don't I, – I honestly my, – my, my thing is I don't think – and maybe, you know, who the fuck am I? But, you know, I don't think that the metaverse will be this place that we spend – I think we go there to earn money, right? And we spend majority of our time there, just like we do jobs, yeah? Like, now we all have jobs. That's where we spend most of our time. That's where we earn a yield. I think now we just do it in a world where there's no constraints or we don't have the constraints that we usually have in the outside world. So, So, for me, it's like – I don't know if we're going to be spending 100% of our time in this. Like, and I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not sold on the fact, that, I'm not sold on Facebook. You know, I'm just not. I don't think that, I think, I actually think they're investing in the wrong thing. I don't think Oculus is the way.
0: But you, you know, you can rebut if you, if you think. But <laughs> I think uh, what you've said there is like, we still need to go earn money. If all our basic needs are taken care of, we don't really need to earn money. So then what do you do for the other... No eight hours I didn't, day, I I meant 12 hours a day.
1: Yeah, we, we go there to earn money, to earn yield. But but they're combined, right? So so it's not earn money and enjoyment. You bring
0: them together. So you're right. I think you're right, but I don't know. I'll I play in the metaverse all day every day if I, if I could stay physically fit and healthy, fucking oath I'll be in the metaverse 8 hours a day. It'd be great. Fighting dragons, I'm flying across uh, through space with yeah. friggin' Elon Musk and his dog <laughs> like, yeah, true. <laughs> it'd be nuts. <laughs> I would be in there all the time, right? I can go into dungeons, I can race cars, I can do anything infinitely impossible that that would normally be impossible. Why if I can if I I can work 2 hours a day and make the money that I need, then what else am I going to do? Sure, sometimes I'll be out in the physical world. But I think you'll see a lot of people spending a lot of time in the metaverse. Oh, well, they already
1: are, <laughs> right? So, I think you're right. I uh, I don't know. I think I think Apple is more how it'll occur, maybe you know. Uh, instead of it being VR, I think AR. I think it'll be more. We integrate them both together.
0: What's Apple doing? I haven't seen that.
1: Well, uh, they're just fo- like so. Facebook's gone full VR, and that's where they're deploying a lot of their resources. Apple's going AR, so augmented reality. So it's 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 not Oculus, and you're immersed in this world. It's how you incorporate the different things of the metaverse. So the example is is like. Uh, this is not happening, but this is how I think it would play out if it was the thing. You would have the Oculus, which is fully immersed in the digital world, and then Apple might bring out a pair of glasses that actually integrate some of that stuff into the real world that you can you can like do. the
0: Google glasses. Yeah,
1: similar to that. So yeah. that's kind of how I think think of it. Um, it's funny, like Scott Galloway. Do you know Do you know Scott Galloway? No. So he's a brand guy, teaches brand and marketing at NYU, but. He's a, he's a fucking massive pessimist. Like, he's like <laughs> full anti. Like, he's like, you know, I don't think he's correct on this, but I think it's somewhere in the middle around, you know, if, if you're fully bullish on the metaverse and then there's the pessimistic side, I think it's somewhere in the middle. But he kind of talked about, we've already got a metaverse and it's the app store, right? And he goes, that's the closest thing I can see to a, to a metaverse. And I, I think what he meant was, what his principle was, was that Apple still really hold the, 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 the winning seat here um, and they've got you You know he kind of talked about well I'm already somewhat immersed in another universe when I'm oh, yeah. walking through New York City with my uh, earpods in listening to Spotify and I've got Google Maps on yeah. telling me and he was kind of talking about it from that perspective and he just goes like I think what we'll see is is that integration into the real world just go deeper and deeper so I, I don't know like it's as I said, it, it's time will tell, but that's kind of how I see it.
0: You'll either have full metaverse or half metaverse. I don't think you'll have no, no meta- metaverse. No nah, fuck no. you will no. be augmented reality is the base layer, and then uh, virtual reality will might be the... take. You know, take that, that next level with, with the Revere. other one. I don't ah, think I, you'll walk, walk around without augmented reality of some kind very often. Oh, 100%. 100%. Which is scary. Scary. I mean, imagine how much... I know if you get sucked into your phone, you don't hear anything going around you. you just, uh-huh. You're lost and then you're like, what the fuck? Where have I been for the last 20 minutes? Yeah. You wait, you just kind of click and someone's calling your name and they yeah. say it like seven times. Yeah. Like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. You need, we need to have like detox camps or something because it's <laughs> going to get, maybe that's the new business. is like yeah. augmented reality detox. Uh, In augmented reality. <laughs> Imagine that. that's, <laughs> that's a fucking... <laughs> you put your glasses on to go to the beach to just yeah, yeah, <laughs> chill out. Just chilling, sorry. <laughs> I'm escaping the augmented reality and you're fucking in a VR goggle. It's, it's going to oh, be nuts.
1: Yeah, fuck, time will tell. Um, awesome, so the last part of the podcast is, is quick fire. So basically it's, I'll ask you a question, um, short, sharp answers, Not not extremely short, like don't feel like you need to cap it at all, but... Like I said, that to so, I said that to a guest we had last week and he's like cut himself off at like 10 seconds of talking. Okay. So we still want the value. Um, so one piece of advice for someone who's not in crypto but is thinking of getting in.
0: Uh, you can learn a lot on YouTube. I learn a lot on YouTube. Just go through some YouTube videos and start playing $10, $50, whatever. Start playing with some different platforms try to push yourself to play with some of these platforms because you'll be ahead of most people. Like crypto, 3% of the world in crypto, is maybe 10% of those 3% actually use dApps and dApps are the future, decentralized apps. So I'll start playing around with dApps. Take out a small loan, $50 worth of Ethereum, borrow $20 worth of uh, DAI and then spend that DAI just to see what the fuck happens. So just use some small money, start playing around with it and eventually you'll become really an expert and then you can start playing big money. And then you can even start having other people pay you to show them how to do it because it's going to be a booming... It's, it is a booming thing. Oh, yeah. So start playing with it. Lose some money, but eventually, like, you'll make a lot more money than you'll lose. Good,
1: good advice. The project you're most bullish on right
0: now and why? Oh, DeFi Wonderland, for sure. <laughs> I'm a bit uh, uh, biased, but we've got some fantastic fucking players in that. We've got some very good... Um, partnerships. We, uh, our, our project received a grant from the Polygon Foundation, so they've connected us with a lot of platforms like Arve and Quickswap, big platforms. So we're integrating with all of these guys, and I think that for crypto to become mass adopted, it needs to be simple, it needs to be safe, it needs to be free from scams. And a lot of it needs to be delegated. You need to delegate to an algorithm to do the investment strategies for you or delegate to some guy who's got his PhD in blockchain to do the investment strategies for you. And then earning yield on your behalf. So what we're integrating is that DeFi Wonderland, I can put in, whatever, say it's 100 grand, all my assets in, fucking, let's go all in. That earns me an average of 20% per year. I can then, because we've got DeFi Link, Link into the real world, I can spend it on my card I can take loans against my crypto without actually spending my crypto. So I never pay capital gains tax Mm. and I never miss out on crypto going up more. Pay for stuff with my loan and then the Wonderland yield will pay off that loan automatically. So I basically just got free money that I'm spending and it's just yielding and paying itself off and I never sell any crypto. It's going to be fucking fantastic, man. (laughs) I'm very excited for that. That's exciting. I'm excited to see that play out for you, brother.
1: Cool, so... This is a big question, but let's see if we can we can jam pack it. How 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 will crypto change the world? Fuck. <laughs>
0: uh, I think what's already happened is a bit of a wealth shift, and that will continue. People are getting late because it is a giant pyramid. Like it's a giant multi level marketing. The way that it works. People buy in and if you're the last in, you earn less and the ones who got in early get more. So there's this massive shift of wealth. So the older generation who typically has the wealth are the last ones to get into crypto. Mm -hmm. So it's just going to shift a lot of it and it already is to the younger generation. So what does that mean? Fuck. I don't know what that's going to do. You could extrapolate that out. You're going to have the older generation poorer and then we just had this argument before about needing to pay more tax or do we just print more money? Mm -hmm. Then they're going to have to print more money because the older ones are missing out. So that's one thing that could happen. Also, the decentralization and the the reduction of middlemen. Why do I need to go to a bank anymore? Why do I need to go to Commonwealth Bank to get a loan to buy a house? Why do I even need to buy a house when I can just buy an NFT fraction of a house that's on the open marketplace and it pays me a yield and it's a fraction, one ten thousandth of a property? I can get uh, NFT um, representation physically backed nft of a house in the philippines and one in thailand and one in fucking london and and they can all e- earn a yield and i could take loans off those so you're going to get the fractionalization and uh, uh nft slash crypto representation of real world items put into a metaverse or a decentralized uh, digital world a lot of things will be tokenized everything's going to be tokenized mm, right. literally so you get this wealth shift a lot of people having a lot of opportunity to make a lot of money. There's going to be a power shift, which I'm a little bit concerned about. I don't know how I feel about all the governments losing their power because we've got a pretty stable system, I think. A lot of people hate it, but fucking we're a lot better than we were. Mm. Um, and then there's going to be uh, just completely open, decentralized. I think it's, you're going to see this like completely globalization shift from... Uh, countries being the governments or regions being the governments it's going to be like decentralized DAOs being the governments or some kind of metaverse world being the government. Sovereign states Yeah
1: Very interesting, I agree Alright so this is a bit of a different one. One piece of advice for your younger self
0: Buy Bitcoin (laughs) Go to 2008 (laughs) take a loan, sell all your shit and buy Bitcoin (laughs) Oh, don't you wish you had the, the time portal? <laughs> I saw it when it was $2. I remember watching a YouTube video and they were explaining this guy created this digital currency and then you could buy pens with it and now suddenly there's this value of these Bitcoins. You can buy a $2 pen with one Bitcoin. I was like, what the fuck is this? This is just bullshit. <laughs> I'm never buying this fucking thing. And then you fast forward eight years and I'm like, oh shit, <laughs> like, I should have bought some Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah. You feel sorry for the guy who bought his pizza, pizza. in Bitcoin. Yeah. Fuck. God. <laughs> Imagine what he could be doing right now. <laughs> he probably still has a lot of people. Yeah, point. yeah. 100%. So I'm sure he's very happy. Yeah. He's probably worth many millions of dollars. Yeah. 100%. All right, man. We're going to wrap it up there. Cool. Thanks, everyone. So uh, I think you might leave some links or something around give this. A,
1: give a plug, man. Give, give, let everyone know what you're doing, where they can find it.
0: So I think the best place for more content is YouTube, Riley James, Uh, and you'll just find me with lots of crypto videos every week Um, Facebook and Instagram and Twitter again Riley James or RileyJames.x and then also Mm DeFiLink.finance if you're an enterprise or a corporate trying to get into crypto you want to launch a custom project or DeFiWonderland.finance if you just want to be completely fucking crypto nerd and dive balls deep Um, so they're all the platforms but start with socials jump in our free Facebook groups jump in our YouTube and like there's, I had a guy message me two days ago, last week actually, who said, thanks for your, all your advice man, I've made my first 500k in crypto now. <laughs> I was like, fuck it, yeah, that's alright, yeah. <laughs> just because I give him lots of free advice, so there's lots of good value in there. Yeah, there's, and at the end, yeah, I, th- I think
1: that's the place to start. If you want to learn about it, you've just got to start to learn, you've got to start to educate, you've got to start to inform yourself about it, and what better way to do it. Awesome man, I want to say a big thanks to you for coming down and, and, and making time for this, um, martin thanks for for putting it together brother um, really hoped everyone enjoyed the episode um, Leave us some comments want to hear what you thought want to you know if you got any questions drop them in the comments as well uh, and if you enjoyed, enjoyed the episode just remember to subscribe See you guys I just
0: go and see the world and just show them what it really means to live like
1: golden, yeah, we're golden